what it is, yo. What's up? This is Real Talk Sports. Uh, and uh, today, I got Kagan on. We're doing our week four rankings. And this is, we're doing it during the Thursday night football game. So you're going to get some uh, some breaking news that we are also getting, like DJ Shark injury. Um, and we're going to touch on that a little bit. Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, who's wide receiver one. He ain't believes it's Chase. I believe it's Boyd. Boyd's been my guy. Um, it's looking pretty good for Boyd. Uh, I got Marvin Jones going on tonight on Thursday night football. And I'm facing LaVisca Sonal. And it is a points per carry league. But I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Because we got to go ahead and hop into these rankings. Appreciate Kagan for coming through. Appreciate you all for listening. And always check out Spotify. Because there's going to be a Q&A what you guys can give me some feedback and we'll touch on it we'll probably start doing some polls too just keep an eye out for it appreciate the support hey thanks guys once again for listening checking us out sorry it's not under the weather tonight uh not sure what's going on with our mics or any of that but we did push through we got it done check out spotify for the q a check the bio for the number to call for voicemails and we look to hear from you guys peace hey what's up kagan what's up tay how are you doing today man i'm doing good how are you all right i'm doing pretty good so are you ready for your week four rankings i am i am i am all right man any disappointments any surprises tell me about last uh, week for you so, yeah, last week there were a few disappointments. <laughs> so, um, I had pretty rough week in wide receivers, uh, as well as ESPN. You know, we talked about how inconsistent that would be. Uh, I was minus 27.3 for wide receivers. ESPN was minus 28.2. Uh but uh so that was the biggest disappointment we'll uh we'll get to those in a minute uh quarterback was pretty good um i finished minus 4.1 espn finished finished minus 3.2 uh the biggest hurt for me uh as well as espn was uh kyler murray uh we both had kyler murray at one he finished 17 so he cost us 16 spots mm-hmm. uh and then Russell Wilson, I had him at five. ESPN had him at four. So he cost me 17 spots. He cost ESPN 18 spots. Uh, otherwise, uh, a lot of picks within four. I had five picks within four. ESPN had seven picks within four. So pretty good week for the most part. Uh, some guys I did not have in my top 15 that they did were uh, – Cousins and Carr, who both Cousins finished five and Carr finished 12. So that helped them out a little bit more. That's what kind of gave them that edge. Right. So let's go ahead and get into uh, last week's quarterback rankings and um, guys that let you down. And we're going to go ahead and look at this week's rankings. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, the, you know, those guys that I just mentioned would be the ones letting oh, me those down. Are the, oh, those are the yeah. biggest. Le- All right. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Those are so the biggest ones. Let's get into this week then. Yeah, so this week, uh, my top twenty-five, top fifteen, sorry, is uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Stafford, Rogers, Cousins, Herbert, Carr, 
Darnold, Baker, Jalen Hurts, Matt Ryan, and Ryan Tannehill. You have Cousins ahead of Baker, right? I I, I do, yes. But that's just because you believe – so the Vikings are a two-and-a-half underdog. You feel like Cousins outplays Baker enough to win, or are the Browns still winning for you? I think the Browns are still winning. Uh, but you look at Cousins, uh, he finished in our league. He's finished as QB12, QB6, and QB5. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook banged up even when he was healthy. Uh, they were relying on Cousins a lot just to keep him in games. Uh, and I don't see that changing much. Uh, the Browns are beatable. Uh, they've, you know, they've been pretty good at the front line. Uh, so I could see them causing some problems for him, but I think he's going to have to throw to stay in the game, just like they have been through three weeks. Sounds good. So, so I know we're not doing the Thursday night games, but would you have had? Where would you have had Joe Burrow if you so, started him? Um, I I would have had Burrow in my top ten this week. Uh, I think I had him right at ten if we did included Thursday games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacksonville is pretty bad against the quarterback, uh, giving up 907 yards and four touchdowns through three weeks. Uh, so, uh, you know, just traded Henderson. Uh, so that secondary is, you know, ripe for the picking. And I think it's a good week for Burrow to have, have a good week in the box score. So it sounds like you're saying that it has nothing to do with him being an LSU Tiger and you being an LSU fan. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have honorable mention for these uh, quarterbacks today? Uh, honorable mentions, Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, kind of weird leaving him out of my top 15. but uh, Especially against Atlanta. Uh, but, no, they don't play Atlanta. They don't play Atlanta this week? No. Russell Wilson plays the 49ers. Oh, my gosh, the Niners. Yeah. And the Niners are tough, man. They've given up uh, – you know, not much through the air. I, I don't. I'd have to go back and look at it, but they've been pretty good against the pass this year. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be super far out there. Uh, you know, 15 to 20 range, I think, um, could possibly finish within the top 15. But uh, you know, that defense is tough. Let's take a look at this defense real quick. So the defense, and I was looking at our. Uh... Somebody has ATL as their uh, – That is me. As their abbreviation. So, it threw me off. All right. So, we're taking a look at total points per game. They are allowing 24.7 per game. It's like at least 71st downs per game. Let's check out this third down efficiency. And they're pretty good. 36%. So, yeah, yeah. the uh, the Niners are pretty solid. Yeah, but they've I'm, actually been worse against the, the run this year than they have the pass. Oh, yes, the rushing looks horrible. Yeah. Almost five yards per carry, 122 per game. Yeah. So you believe the way to beat them is on the ground? I do. So Chris Carson is a top 15 running back for you this week? Correct. All right, let's get into your running backs. All right, so last week running backs – uh, I finished minus 9.8. ESPN finished minus 6.2. Uh, the biggest hurt for me was Christian McCaffrey going down uh, and also the fact that last week ESPN did not have their Thursday rankings out, so they did not have CMC in their rankings. So it didn't affect them at all. 
but he cost me 39 spots. I had him as the number one running back last week. He finished at 40. Uh, another running back that really hurt me was uh, David Montgomery. I had David Montgomery at seven. He cost me 29 spots. ESPN had him at, at 13. He cost them 23 spots. He finished as the RB 36 in our league. Uh, he didn't get the rushing opportunities I thought he would get with uh, Justin Fields starting. I thought they'd lean on him a little bit more. Uh, and maybe they would have if the game script was in their favor. But uh, I really thought they'd go to him a lot more often than they did. Uh, and surprisingly, they did not. So that was a letdown. Uh, and some things that helped ESPN is they had Alexander Madison in their top 15. Uh, and I did not. Uh, I had Cook. Uh, so since Cook got injured, I, I mean, since Cook did not play, I did not like use his numbers for any of my numbers. Right. But as I told you today on the phone when we were talking earlier, ESPN, up, they're updating their rankings daily, which I did not realize. That's why I haven't been able to see the Thursday matchups because after that Thursday game starts, they're taken out of their rankings. Uh, so, uh, so they were, you know, they slid Madison in there after Cook was, you know, listed as out. Right. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a chance to go back and update mine. They also had DeAndre Swift in theirs. Uh, he helped them out. But still, you know, minus 6.2 for them, minus 9.8 for me. And it's not bad. Not bad. Right there with them, you know, pretty close to them. So um, and some other guys that helped them but uh, hurt you would have been Peyton Barber, right? He was like RB three in our league. Yeah, uh, he would have he would have helped them. They did. They actually didn't have him in their rankings either. Oh wow! Uh, some of the some of the bigger ones that uh, helped them that didn't help me was Antonio Gibson. Uh, I didn't have him in my top fifteen. I had him as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had him at fourteen. He finished at fourteen. So they got a dead on pick with him, uh, which really helped their numbers out. Um. And then the other one, uh, one guy cost me, let's see, where'd he go? Uh, Edmonds hurt me. He cost me, uh, had Chase Edmonds up there at 15. He finished at 26. He cost me 11 spots. They didn't have him in their top 15, so that didn't hurt them. Uh, so just, you know, really that. There wasn't really any particular person that helped them that hurt me. It was more the guys that hurt me that didn't hurt them. Right. You know, McCaffrey, uh, you know, uh, Edmonds hurt and um, they got Gibson dead on. So just things like that. All right. So this week, your number one running back is Derrick Henry, right? He's going to get the Jets. Absolutely. Uh, The Jets are terrible. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, Derrick Henry's RB1 in our league and it's not even close making me choke on those words I said before the season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, He's not falling off yet, man. He is not. Um, He is like 40 points ahead of the next running back in our scoring side. Yeah. And then there's points per carry. Yeah. So they've given up four rushing touchdowns to the running back position, which is, you know, fifth in the league. So not good against the running back. I can see Henry having a good day against them. Also, I think game script's going to favor him heavily. Um so he's got that going for him. Um, and then the rest of my top 15, I uh, have Kamara at two, Eckler at three, Dalvin Cook at four, uh, David Montgomery at five, even though he burned me last week. 
Antonio Gibson at six. I have Nick Chubb at seven. Aaron Jones at eight. Uh, Harris at ten. At nine. Swift at ten. Carson at eleven. Jonathan Taylor at twelve. Miles Sanders at thirteen. No, excuse me, Tay. Uh, and then Patterson, Cordero Patterson at 14. And I have Henderson at 15, but I don't know if he's going to play. So if Henderson doesn't play, you feel like Michelle can fulfill the 15th slot for you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And where did you have Nick Chubb this week versus Minnesota? I have him at seven. At seven? And you yes. do not have Kareem Hunt in your top 15 at all? I don't have Hunt in my top 15 at all. Man, that breaks my heart because I am a Kareem Hunt. Uh, they older. they have been hard to predict. They uh, have been. Know. Um, I think uh, Hunt out touched him last week. He did, and it's just like wide receiver with Lockett and DK. You know, mm-hmm. um, Chubb can do a little bit more on the ground with limited carries, so like that goes well for him. But Hunt can just as easily take over that backfield. Uh, it seems like they've been kind of going with a hot hand so far this year, not really riding one more than the other. That's true. So let's go back to uh, the number one running back. Let me okay. go get his. Let me go get his over under on yards this week. Okay. Derrick Henry over under one hundred and ten and a half yards. Over. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm hammering in the over oh, 110. Man. I think he could push 150. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid to say 200. Right. But he's definitely possible. Man, he can definitely carry for 200 yards this week. Yeah. Joe Mixon, how do you feel about him? Because um, this seems like a passing Bengals offense. Uh, where would he have been as far as your top 15 goes? Uh, I would have had Mixon right around six or seven. Uh, <clears throat> what I like about Mixon is he's the true workhorse there. Mm-hmm. So they have Jacksonville's given up 284 yards on the ground plus four touchdowns to the running back. And then they've given up 131 yards and a touchdown receiving to the running back this year. Uh, so I think it's a really good matchup for him, no matter how game flow goes, whether, you know, Jacksonville comes out and hangs around with them and makes it a good ball game or whether, you know, Cincinnati's blowing him out or keep him relevant being a pass catcher out of the backfield and a safety net for Joe Burrow with a terrible offensive line. And another guy who could definitely be a safety blanket would be a Tyler Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we, and uh, we, we, this week we had a bet that uh, Tyler Boyd would outscore Jamar Chase. And um, it would have – been a good bet on my end if uh if Chase and score those two TDs. Yeah, it was you know they were right there with catches and yards. The, right. the difference was the two TDs for Chase. And um, so that that's very encouraging that uh that the target share hasn't been skewed too much towards the outside receivers in that <laughs> offense. I still think it goes inside out, and uh, you live by. Jamar Chase being the alpha in that offense. He is the alpha. <laughs> All right, so let's look at your uh, – so while we're on running backs, let's talk about running back situations. Okay. 
You don't mind taking a break from the rankings, do you? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, let's go. All right, so Peyton Barber, once he wants to mark uh, Josh Jacobs gets back, Josh Jacobs returns, Peyton Barber goes right back to where he used to be, or do you feel like he has carved out a role to help keep Jacobs healthy? It's it's tough. So I went back and I looked at uh, the one week Jacobs played with Kenyon Drake, and the snap percentage was like 52-48. So it's mm-hmm. pretty dead even. Um, you know, without Jacobs, the first week with Barber, it was Kenyon Drake 71%, Barber 29%. And then last week was Barber 57% and Drake 43% snap. Uh, so when Jacobs come back, comes back, I think Barber definitely did enough to make himself relevant. Um you know, but I don't know what that percentage is going to look like. So for me personally, I kind of look to the Bucks. Uh kind of look because they kind of, you know, they run three running backs. You got Fournette, you got Jones, you got Geo. I hate it. Uh, yeah, Geo being the primary pass specialist. And, you know, but for instance, for on the year for them, Fournette's seen 49% snap share, Jones 22%, Geo 28%. I think the 22% skewed a little bit because Jones was really low week one when he had that fumble. Uh, but I can see there's being somewhere around that. So I think Drake will see the biggest fall off from 48, 71, 43% snap share down to that somewhere between 20 to 30 for passing downs only. And then Jacobs and Barber being somewhere between both of them mid 40s, you know, 45, 46, somewhere in there. It's going to be tough. I'm staying away from that backfield in fantasy the for, only, at least, for at least two weeks. The only reason I'm staying away from it is because I don't know how healthy Josh Jacobs will be season long because Bill Belichick has a saying, if you limp into the season, you're going to limp out of the season. Yeah. And um, he was definitely – I feel like that's why we saw such an even share week one because he went at week one injured uh, with like an ankle in his foot. And uh, I feel like he – did come out a, a ton of plays, but uh, he salvaged that outing with two touchdowns. Yeah. All right. So you didn't mention Mike Davis as a top 15 running back, but we look to Atlanta, your team. Um, so you should have amazing insight. Is this really a running back by committee with a gimmick or gadget athlete playing RB2 for them? So, I would say, just by looking at it, I would say probably probably not. Um, <clears throat> I think Davis is still really the lead dog um, with Patterson just working in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing, the thing I think though, uh, so snap percentage through three weeks, Patterson thirty three, Davis seventy five, week one. Week two, Patterson 33, Davis 64. And then week three, Patterson 42, Davis 60. So Davis's has constantly gone down. Patterson's has been right around the same, but going up a little bit. Right. Uh, And what I think I like about him is red zone attempts. Davis, which Atlanta has not been in the red zone much this year, but (laughs) when they have red zone rush attempts for Davis are four, Patterson three. And red zone targets, uh, two for Davis, two for Patterson. So they really do have pretty similar usage uh, in 
Right. Oh, hello? Kagan? I looks like we lost Kagan. But one thing that I enjoy about Cordell's Patterson usage is going to be his seven targets in the last two games. Um, so he got 82 for six for 82 last week in week three. And he went five for 58 with a TD as well as one on the ground in week two. So that is pretty much why I feel like Cordell Patterson will be a factor in this backfield because they're going to be playing from behind quite a bit. And he has a role in each of the first three games. He has seven carries. So you know what you're going to get out of him from out of the backfield, out of the running back position. But when he's a pass catcher, that is where he pretty much separates himself from Davis. So I like Cordell Patterson moving forward for certain. Hey, what's up, Katie? All right, we got you back, right? I think so. Am I back? All right, so finish your statement about – because you said you heard me. Finish your statement about Davis and Patterson. Yeah, so – and and I kind of agreed with you. He's getting the carries. Uh, and I think his versatility in that offense has really helped. Uh, and then, honestly, he's, he's kind of shown better, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Davis has failed to convert a few short yardage situations that Patterson has been able to get. Uh, and I think that goes a long way with a new coaching staff, someone who's trying to prove that uh, we can be competitive and, and compete in ball games. And and you know, Mike Davis just hasn't hasn't been getting it done. So I could see them looking to Patterson a little bit more down the stretch in some of these close close yard situations where you would normally think Davis is going to get the ball. And I could see that that forty two percent snap share to sixty percent snap share is kind of a thing going forward. Mm-hmm. And I want to remind everyone that Cordell Patterson is a 30-year-old wide receiver converted running back. Yeah. So he, he is like uh, – he's a souped-up Ty Montgomery. Yeah, and point. he's – you know, he's my number 14 this week uh, <laughs> in running backs, you know, so. Man. Uh, so let's take a look at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I thought I liked James Conner um, in this offense – more than Chase Edmonds, because Chase Edmonds has always been pegged as a uh, like a change of pace back. But how do you like this backfield? Uh, you know, it's still one where uh, I'm glad I don't really have anyone in, but I think both running backs are viable. Uh, you know, Edmonds is definitely getting the bulk of the snap percentage, uh, and he's getting the red zone targets. But Connor is getting the red zone carries. Uh, you know, uh, Edmonds has three uh, carries in the red zone. Eight. That's a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Edmonds has two targets and Connor has none. Uh, so I think there's going to be some weeks where, just like last week, Connor plunges in two touchdowns. You know, uh, that's possible. Uh, but. I think they both have value as flex options. I think it's just going to be which one you are banking on more given which matchup, you know. So who would you rather have moving forward? Moving forward, I think I'd still rather have Edmonds. Uh, you know, he's getting, like I said, he's getting a snap percentage, which each equals more carry opportunities, more right. uh, target opportunities. Uh, and I think that production has a higher floor 
than Connor's does. Because, uh, you know, Connor without two touchdowns and a touchdown week one is sitting at five or six points. Uh, I think Edmonds can consistently get you 11 to 15, whether he scores a touchdown or not. Right. I, I'm also with Edmonds just because I enjoy pass catching bags. That is just one rule of thumb I always live by. Uh, so we are talking rookie running back versus veteran running back when we go to Denver. Melvin Gordon, the third versus Javante Williams. You get glimpses of how good Javante Williams can be. I think I lost you. All right, and we're back <laughs> doing all this fancy crap. All right, so back to the Broncos backfield. Which running back do you like in that backfield? I, you know, I like Gordon, to be honest. Um, you know, I know the rookie he is a rookie, and they drafted him for a reason. Uh, the snap percentage is pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's getting – you know, Gordon's getting 10 red zone attempts. Williams has seven. Gordon's got one uh, target. Williams has zero. Um, and I don't know. I think this was a sleeper notification. I'm not sure who to credit for this because I can't remember where I read it. But it was something like 40-something percent of Williams' snaps have been in garbage time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of concerning. I said you often forget that the uh, the Broncos are three and zero. Yeah. Uh, so I did not realize that a lot of his because you don't I don't really catch a lot of Broncos games. So and I'm not going back and watching um, every offensive snap. Same. But to find out that uh, Javante Williams, man, Gordon is, man, uh, yeah, Gordon is definitely got to own because you won't always. They're not gonna. I don't think they can remain. Um, above 500 much longer just I don't think they're that good this year Um, they'd rather hit Baltimore and I feel like Baltimore is going to win that game but I believe Denver's the favorite by two and a half or maybe three and a half since they are uh, at home yeah Um, they got Pittsburgh I don't think Las Vegas is as good as they plan Um, how do you feel about the Raiders uh you know, I think Derek Carr's looked pretty decent so far through three games. I think they're going to be tough, but um, defense has played pretty well. They haven't given up a lot of big plays, but, you know, I think ultimately that's still going to be Pat Mahomes' division. I think it'll start kind of catching up to them. Okay, I got you. Yeah, they're not – They that defense hasn't given up over 30 points. They are giving yards, so they're bending but not breaking. Right. Um, And they're creating turnovers. Uh, two forced fumbles in week one. Had an INT in uh, week 
two, and then they got a force fumble in week three. So they are definitely um, pretty active, and they're uh, they have a pair, at least a pair of sacks. So they are valuable if you want to stream them, but I don't recommend it against the Chargers. Yeah, nor do I. So we both agree that Gordon is the running back to own in Denver. Yes. <sighs> Here we go with the Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskins, and company. Um, I loved Malcolm Brown when he was in Los Angeles. I kind of like him in Miami. Uh, how do you feel about the backfield there? I think Gaskin is the, the superior runner. Uh, it's interesting to see Brown cutting into his time, but not into the red zone. Gaskin has four red zone attempts to Brown's one. So that's kind of weird. I feel like if I were going to use Brown, it would be down there. Right. Uh, but they're not using him down there. They're using Gaskin down there and then kind of phasing Gaskin out in the in-between game, which is really strange to me because Gaskin is, in my opinion, the better runner. Uh, I still like Gaskin in that back that backfield, but I do think Brown's going to have some value. I think that 52-41% snap share was mm-hmm. pretty indicative of how it's going to be kind of going forward. So – Without Gaskin, without Brown getting his getting the red zone touches, the touchdown, his sole touchdown he scored this year was from twenty four yards out, right on right. The, of the red zone. Um, you don't see Malcolm Brown at two twenty five being that hammer in the goal around the goal line. I do, and I think that's why that snap percentage will stay around where it's at. Uh, you know, so kind of similar to the Cardinals situation. I think Brown will have some touchdown value, but it's going to be hard to predict that, you know. Mm-hmm. So we agree that uh, Miles Gaskin is the guy to own that backfield, correct? Correct. All right. And once again, he has uh, 16 targets on the season. So I love any running back that catches that catches passes. So we are down to the Detroit Lions. I own Jamal Williams. You own DeAndre Swift. And there was a vote of confidence for Swift owners today as a uh, Dan Campbell said that he would – you can expect to see more of DeAndre Swift. So sell me on Swift, man. Man, uh, you you just talked about your targets. You Guys, you like getting targets, and Swift is getting some targets. He's got three in the red zone. Williams has zero. Their red zone rush attempts are pretty close. Swift has eight. Williams has seven. Uh, But the snap percentage was already pretty heavily in Swift's favor. 68-35, Mm -hmm. Mm 63-39, 56-49 kind of was as close as it got last week. Uh, But I think as Swift gets healthy, they're going to lean on him more in the running game. Uh, They'll mix Williams in, change a pace guy, you know, maybe get a drive here and there. But I really think Swift's the guy if he's healthy. That breaks my heart. Um, I also think Swift is about to be the guy as long as he remains healthy. Um, and it, it kind of – that alert today was demoralizing because I was like, oh, man, he just got 12. He just hit double-digit carries. Williams did. And he got almost half of the snap share. And um, to hear them say that it is – I think DeAndre Swift is about to come be coming to his own, and uh, he's going to be a top five dynasty running back uh, by season's end. 
Yeah. Um, they look. They brought Williams in and paid him good money to keep Swift healthy. Like I truly believe that it was an investment mm-hmm. in Swift more than it was an investment in Williams. I can see uh, that. It was to keep Swift's legs fresh, not overload him, but have someone who's capable to to run and carry the load and catch passes if needed. It's frustrating, dog, especially when I only needed four points to beat Clint. <laughs> yeah, that. So frustrating. Uh, one and two for you on the year, man. Not looking so good. Hey, man, I got your wife this week, so uh, don't tell her I said this, but I don't think David Montgomery is going to score what he has projected. Oh, see, you're wrong. We'll touch on him when we get back to my rankings. All right, bet. So let's go ahead and touch on him now. All right. I have Montgomery at five. Uh, Again, he's playing Detroit, who is the worst team in the league when it comes to touchdowns for running backs. They've given up six touchdowns to running backs, which is the most in the league. Uh, They've given up three – no, four on the ground and two through the air. Uh, So – you know, this is one of those weeks I really like uh, Montgomery. And I know they're kind of playing coy with who's going to be behind center for Chicago, but I don't think it matters who uh, is behind center. They're going to have to lean on Montgomery this week. Man, that is not what I want to hear as a owner of Allen Robinson because I really expected Allen Robinson to bounce back this week because they'd be playing from behind. I think if Foles, if they start Foles or Dalton, however that goes, I think Robinson can have a much better week. I think Uh, think if Fields is behind center, it's going to be another, you know, another rough week for Robinson. And is it Matt Nagy that is the issue? I don't know. You know, I wasn't able to watch that game much, so I can't say, you know, I went back and watched some of it. And I think, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think Nagy's got to kind of, alter his scheme a little bit and run it to the guys that are in it. But at the same time, Fields, I think, has got to just play a little better also if he's behind center. And uh, we're doing this during Thursday Night Football. It looks like uh, DJ Shark just went down with an injury. Oh, great. Good thing he's on my bench this week and not in my lineup. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we get some um, some good news on that end. That you know, might that might not be good news for you against my wife because she's got Chenault calling, I think. Yeah, but Chenault is a slot receiver playing out of position. Well, we'll and see, I have though. Jones Jr. going, so you know what that does. <laughs> <laughs> so, any other running backs you'd like to touch on today? Uh, yeah, I'm Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, on paper, probably really doesn't look like a good matchup. I don't like a matchup at all. The Eagles going against the Chiefs, uh, but. Uh, the Chiefs have given up the most touchdowns to the running back at seven and mm-hmm. the second most yards at 481. Uh, so they're pretty bad against the run. Uh, you know, as long as Philly is not just getting absolutely blown out in this game, I think Sanders has got a chance to run all over that defense. Now, if they're getting blown out, different story. He's not going to finish anywhere near the top 15 probably, but I do have him up there. So I think I think he'll be relevant enough early to, to kind of keep Keep him relevant. Uh, and then uh, Cordero Patterson, we already touched on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington, also not good against the running back. Uh, giving up 375 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Uh, and then you also look at receiving. They've given up uh, They've given up 945 receiving yards, which is one, two, three, four, fifth most in the league, uh, and six 
passing touchdowns. So I really like Patterson this week for that, that dual threat capability against a team who's beatable in both of those areas. Uh, you know, as good as their front line uh, with Sweat and Chase Young has looked, their secondary has been really beatable. Well, that's scary. And you know you can line up Cordell Patterson at receiver. Yep. Yeah, so. some extra value. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that Zacchaeus scored a TD last week because he would have been um, near the top of my DraftKings lineup. Probably would me, want me a little more money. <laughs> um, but Russell Gage, he's uh, you expect him to play this week? I think so. Yeah, I think he, I think he'll play. Okay, stop back practicing. So let's talk about J- Jonathan Taylor. And Naeem Hines. Is Naeem Hines now a non factor? I know last week was a pretty solid week for him because he did get a rushing touchdown and he got nice decent amount of touches. But will it be boom or bust for him all season? I think it's gonna yeah, because I think it's gonna be boom or bust for him all season. Uh I think it's just, you know, it's hard to predict. Wentz hadn't played particularly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that hurts them. Um, I think this week they have a pretty good chance to kind of get back right against the Dolphins. Uh, but we'll see. I think we'll learn a little more this week, but I do think Naeem Hines is going to be very unpredictable. He was so consistent. He was consistently a factor last season because you knew you were going to get, what, five to eight targets. He was going right. to uh, maybe 50 yards on the ground, getting the end zone once every three weeks. Um, but that little – receiving uh floor kind of salvaged a lot of his weeks and got you some double digit weeks out of him. Right. So uh, it definitely uh definitely hurts to see somebody I uh was one of my guys um kind of be thrown by the wayside this year. Uh Marlon Mack is on the trading block. Give me a place you feel will be perfect for Marlon Mack. <sighs> I man I don't know that he'll be perfect here, but I'd love to see him in Atlanta. Um, You know, I think he's a good runner. You know, I don't know how healthy he is because we haven't been able to see him much. Right. Um, But, oh, man, Boyd just caught one for 33. That helps. My boy. (laughs) Um, But we hadn't seen him run this year, but I think Atlanta would be a good fit for him because if we can give up, you know, a quality if we can make a quality deal because you know one of those deals where it doesn't hurt us if he comes in and does nothing because if he does come in and do nothing we still have Mike Davis and Patterson so we're not desperate for him but I think he could really help our backfield it's been pretty stagnant you know for a guy we paid to come be our number one running back in Davis and you know someone who we probably just brought in for the versatility and you know to fill some roster spots and have a veteran presence with a solid kicker turner and Patterson. And he's been really our, our better back. So uh, I think that's a good role for him. Um, you know, I know this sounds crazy. San Francisco's backfield is pretty crowded already, but man, oh my God. they, they are so injury prone. You know, I could see them if they are needing to run it back down the stretch and push it for a playoff spot. I could see them making a deal for him. Um, I don't you know him anywhere near, the Bay Area because there's something in the water over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, right off the top of my head, that's really all I can think. You know, the Jets have a lot of guys they're mixing in. 
Mm-hmm. The Ravens have a lot of guys there mixing in. So if it wasn't for that, I'd say one of those two teams. But, again, no one's really seen how healthy he is because the Colts hadn't showcased him. And, I, you know, from the sounds of it, he approached them about the trade. But, they, uh, you know, I read they mutually agreed to it. I feel like if right. you mutually agree to it, man, you got to showcase him, show people that he's healthy. I feel like they do intend to showcase him this week. Um, well, I don't know. Because with his injury history, you may want to keep him. Yeah, active. keep him on the shelf. Because then you go and try to showcase him and two carries in and that Achilles pops again, then you got nothing. And it's a business. As, as messed up as that sounds, it's a business. So. so Marlon Mack is pretty good at pass protection. Damon Harris sucks at pass protection. I think New England will be a solid location for Marlon Mack as their change of pace back, um, Just especially with the injury to James White. Yeah, uh, coming. And I don't not sure if JJ Taylor is quite ready to step up um, as a third down back, but I know Marlon Mack in limited action can stay healthy, or I at least exp- believe he can. He's a really expl- he was a really explosive player before. Um, I think his only issue, which is why Ursay didn't really want to invest a lot of money into him, because he, he's really raw to be twenty five years old as a running back. Yeah. Um, he's not patient enough as a runner. He, uh, he wasn't hitting holes quite with the way they liked it, uh, in year one and two that he's, uh, that he had, but I do believe it's tough to pass up a, uh, thousand yard rusher. It really is. So I, I, I feel like he, he can land somewhere and I would like to see him land in New England as their third down back. Okay. All right, so we about to move the tight ends. Tight ends, here we come. All right, let's do it. Jared uh, is where? Nowhere. Dang, <laughs> you were on some Everett every week. Man, it's perfect. I, yeah. I really thought that uh, Russell Wilson enjoyed throwing to the tight end in the red zone, and that just is not the case at all. Nope. Uh, 100% catch rate, Gerald Everett so far. He's gonna be out this week with COVID, I believe. But he's five for he was five for five last week. Oh, he he had a one drop. Uh, I had to go back and look at that of his at his two targets against Tennessee. But yeah. I really, I really expected him to be the guy there. Um, so who are your tight ends? Uh, as always, number one, Travis Kelsey. Sure. Uh, two, George Kittle. Three, I have Hawkinson back up there. Four, Darren Waller. Five Gronk, Tanyan six, seven Higby, eight Thomas, Logan Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, nine Fant, and ten Pitts. I didn't hear Tyler Conklin. You yeah. did not. He was an honorable mention. Uh, okay. I did. I do have him as an honorable mention, but I got to see more out of him. I One week it. was good, but you know, tight end so inconsistent. The only consistent is this Kelsey. I got so. Name me all of your honorable mentions. Let's see who you got there. A tight end? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have Conklin, and then I have uh, Giusecki. Um I liked his involvement last week. Uh, that's the only two I have on my honorable mentions this week. Uh, I liked Giusecki's involvement last week with Brissett under center, mm-hmm. um, and I think I could see that kind of continuing going forward. Uh Jacecki's too good to not be involved. And I know they brought in, 
you know, Fuller, and I know they drafted Jalen Waddle and, and all this stuff, and they have Devontae right. Parker still. But Jacek is a he's a top tight end in the league. Uh, his, his pass catching ability is up there with the best of them, and I think they have to get him involved. Uh, and last week, getting him involved was good to see. Man, as a owner of Mike Jacecki, I love seeing the last two weeks. He, I think he's he's doubled his targets in each of the last three weeks. So I'm hoping for 24 targets against Indianapolis. Yeah, you set pace, but um, I don't expect that uh, Miami game to be that close with Indy, uh, just because. I'm not sure what Carson Wentz we're getting. And right. for him to, feel, to play a week after having a high angle sprain, I know he's not 100%. Um, and I expect him to lean on the running game more, but they still are asking him to throw the ball. So I really don't think this game would be that close if for set. Yeah, I was surprised at how much they would let him throw last week. Yeah, so I feel like this could be a, a very solid week for Jaseki. Yeah. Uh, to Two guys I want to touch on really in the tight end before we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gronk at five on paper looks like a really tough matchup. Uh, New England's only about 27 yards and zero touchdowns to the tight end. Uh, I think um, – You believe. I think the the return home uh, is going to have a lot to do with it. You know, I can see Brady – specifically looking for Gronk in the red zone to get him a touchdown and get him involved. When it comes to tight ends, man, that's really all you need is a touchdown to really be relevant. He's getting so, two. God. He's so, getting two TDs a week. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, and then Higby is another guy. I have him at seven. Another tough matchup on paper. 48 yards to the tight end and zero touchdowns for the Cardinals. Uh, but I think that game is going to be a shootout, and I, you know, I think Stafford and, and Murray are just going to be throwing the ball all over. They're great because Higby is def- I, if he can get five to six targets, I'm happy because that's going to equal about ten points for me. If he gets in the end zone, that's icing on the cake, and that's likely a top five finish. Um, I thought with Gerald Everett leaving, Higby would get a ton of um, a ton of volume. But nothing has really changed. Uh, Cooper Cup seems to be the guy there. And I really thought Stafford loving Hawkinson would have translated to him loving Higby, but it's just not the same. Um, Are you concerned about George Kittle at all? Yes, obviously. Uh, (laughs) I am concerned about Kittle, but, uh, he, you know, he got involved last week, and I like that. Uh, So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I you know again not, it still goes through Kittle. I know Kristen just traded him, which I think was a good trade on her part. Right. So we'll see. I just I don't know. It the second week kind of scared me because he was getting uh right at four yards per catch, and I need chunks. I need double digit. Um, I need chains to move whenever George Kittle touches the ball, and he's so effective after the catch and he just hasn't he, the first, well week two may end up being an outlier because he's been pretty solid in weeks one and three and, but I'm still concerned about George Kittle in that offense especially if they can't get the running game going which sets up all of his play all of his his catch opportunities yeah any other tight ends you want to touch on 
Uh, no offense. I have him at nine. Uh, the Ravens have uh, given up 290 yards and two touchdowns to the tight end. So um, I think it could be a potentially decent week for him. Oh, man. You don't, you're not worried about Albert O? Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, who's, you know, 290 and two touchdowns <laughs> through a few weeks? That's, that's pretty pretty good chance for you know fan to do something there <laughs> yeah but i just feel like uh fan was he out snapped in weeks one and two he was i recall him being out snapped weeks one and two which made me want to go and pick up albert O. but no he wasn't he wasn't so they're running a lot of two tight end sets weeks one and two and they kind of died that down in week three versus the jets which doesn't make any sense because they were they were ahead most of the game. So against Baltimore, you have no concerns because they've been pretty good at taking away people's top passing target, passing option. Marlon Humphrey will eliminate Cortland Sutton, and then they can box Noah Fanning. No, you know, I think Sutton's still going to be their primary focus. I don't think they'll focus on Fan really. I'm just scarred after what they did to Tyreek Hill. They the guy. Well, that's Tyreek Hill. That's different. <laughs> All right, let's go to my favorite position group, the wide receivers. All right. Uh, so as I already said, did pretty bad at wide receiver last week. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this week will go a little better for me. Uh, number one, I have Adams. Number two. Uh, Allen, uh, that is Keenan Allen, by the <laughs> way. Uh, Cooper Cup at three. God, that still might be too low for Cooper Cup. Hill at four. Uh, DK at five. Jefferson six. Hopkins seven. Ridley eight. McLaurin nine. Moore ten. Diggs eleven. Robinson twelve. Allen Robinson twelve. Uh, Mike Evans. 13, Lockett 14, Lamb 15, uh, Thielen 16, Cook 17, Julio 18, Godwin 19, and Curtis Samuel at 20. What makes this week a DK, DK Metcalf week? Uh, you know, again, I don't know that this week makes it a DK Metcalf week. Okay. Lockett and DK are tough. Uh, to call but you know I've been high on DK all year so I you know I really like uh, him being the superior option in that offense Uh, you know but San Fran you know I don't think they can really pick which one they're going to try to shut down either I think it's going to depend on game flow I got you what makes you confident in Tyreek Hill because I am starting to lose confidence in him um I mean he's Tyreek Hill uh, you know, going forever. and they're going against the Chargers. I don't think they can take away a top weapon like some of these other defenses can. They're solid defense, but uh, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think they can take away weapons like some of the other teams they've been playing can. So at some point, you gotta you gotta grease the squeaky wheel, and Hill is eventually going to be the squeaky wheel if that <laughs> continues to happen. And they got the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Darius Slay is a dog. Um, yeah. Oh, you're you're right, man. I don't know why I thought they were playing the Chargers. I'm looking at last week. They are playing uh, the Eagles. 
So scratch everything I just said, but still <laughs> Slay uh, and, you know, it, same reasons, you know, he's been pretty low. They can't, they got to get him involved. Uh, Slay does make it a bit tougher, but. Yeah, that definitely, uh, that definitely scares me. And without a doubt, you have Devontae Adams as wide receiver one. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's the clear cut option on that offense. Uh, Rogers doesn't really have anyone else to throw to, uh, other than Jones out the backfield. So, and maybe Robert Tanya, who's going to sneak into your, uh, your top 10. Yeah. You know, I think Tanya can get a touchdown. I think that's going to be a really good game. I think, uh, we'll see how it goes. But do you expect any of the Steelers receivers to perform extremely well? Nah, I don't like any of them, to be honest. But they're going against such a soft Green Bay defense. They are, but Big Ben has not looked good, man. So it's more a Big Ben issue than it is a – It is. Do you expect Najee Harris to catch, what, 12 or I think he had 13 targets? No, absolutely not. God, man, that was crazy. I was really shocked to see that. 14 receptions on 19 targets. Dude, that is Big Ben falling off the cliff. It really is. <laughs> that may be him falling off the cliff. What are some other receivers that stand out to you this week? Uh, so, um, one of the biggest receivers that stands out to me uh, is going to be in my, you know, Washington football team and my Atlanta Falcons matchup. I really like Ridley and McLaurin. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that AJ Terrell is going to be back for Atlanta, but even if he is, uh, Atlanta's been gouged through the air, giving up eight touchdowns. So I could see McLaurin getting a touchdown, being the, you know, de facto wide receiver one for the, for he- he- Taylor Heineke. Uh, and then same thing, vice versa, Ridley, uh, Viking. I mean, the Washington football team has given up 945 yards through the air. Uh, so, you know, I could see this being a come out party for Ridley. He's been kind of quiet all year. How do you feel about Mike Williams? And Keenan Allen, because Mike Williams is becoming uh, the number one, seven overall pick that he was supposed to be here in year five. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think Keenan Allen's going to continue to get some target bump there. Uh, Mike Williams is is that guy for sure, but uh, I don't know. He's always been inconsistent in, in runs. He's always had good runs and then goes goes quiet. Yeah, I believe Phillip Rivers was the issue beforehand because Herbert has no issues airing it out to him. And um, I I think he's in year four. They declined his fifth-year option, right? Yes. So he's in year four, and they declined his option. So he'll be a free agent at the end of this year. How soon can we see Mike Williams in your top 20? Would that take an Allen injury? Uh, I, I don't know that it would take an Allen injury, but it – Definitely have to be like consistent numbers. Man, they feel so consistent. So, who is who's the issue in Chicago? Because Allen Robinson is getting no love, and I recently uh, is it the quarterback or is it the OC? I think it's both. Uh, you know, quarterback for sure. They're trying to protect the quarterback, so they're not taking many chances. But also, you got to get your number one guy involved. So that part falls on the coach. You know, you got to find ways to scheme him open and get him, give the quarterback time to get him the ball. But at the same time, the quarterback's got to be playing 
way better than those guys have been playing for them. All right, let me ask you this question. Who would you rather own this week, Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson against the Browns? Man, that's tough. I like Jefferson. Uh, This week, yeah, this week I like Jefferson. It's going to be tough. The Browns is a really good secondary, man. I didn't realize how good they were until they did what they did to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Even Tyreek Hill had a solid game. You see the blueprint, and everyone can try to mimic it, and and they kind of did. You know, they mimic it, that blueprint that the Ravens used, but not everyone's going to be able to do that. Dude, please tell me nobody else is able to do that. He plays Philly, Buffalo, Washington, and Tennessee over the next four weeks. Buffalo's got the capability to do it. Is that because they have Sir Davis White? Absolutely. Okay. And then they have Jordan Poyer, who is an excellent safety. So they could definitely take him out of the game. Um, Washington football team there. Casey's O-line, do they concern you as much as they did last year? Because they look pretty good so far. I'm not sure what's up with Mahomes. Um, I think uh, he's getting lazy be the best way to put it. Really? Uh, I think he's getting lazy, man. Like uh, with some of the throws that he's making. Okay. Like he's he's taking chances because he he understands his arm talent. And yeah. He's taking unnecessary chances, uh, and I and it's frustrating to see uh, because I have him and Tyree kills a stack, and those two interceptions uh, really killed me last week. Yeah, they did that. That killed you for sure. I did not expect you to lose that one. Oh, my gosh. And then Tyreek Hill fumbles. Yeah. Which also hurts. Uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, they're all playing this week. Who do you like? Uh, I like Evans and Godwin. Uh, Again, I think Brady is going to come out with a vengeance. Uh, I think he, you know, I really see them just – same game script as last week, barely running the ball and just using Brady all, all game, you know. Uh, I could see Evans getting a touchdown in the red zone. I could see Godwin catching one deep. Uh, I'm a little less on Brown this week. I was pretty high on him early in the season. But, but come back for him. Uh, Coming for him as well. You know, it is, but it's not as personal to him. Uh, you know, like I said, I think it's going to be Gronk and Brady and then Evans and Godwin will be that, that pecking order this week. Looks like James Robinson got into the end zone. Yeah, I saw that. Gosh, six yards out. Incomplete to Tyler Boyd. They're throwing the Boyd, that's for sure. Man, I love that. Uh, two for 43 right now for Boyd. Two yeah. for Chase. I should have made the bet this week. Uh, he, Chase should have had three, but he had an offensive pass interference earlier, so they took that one back. And Marvin Jones is still not on the board for me, so uh, <laughs> it's not looking too good unless Chenault go ahead and checks out for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's fourth down, too, for uh, Cincinnati. So, you know, Jags might be running the ball here, killing some clock, holding on to the lead. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Let's look at honorable mention for your receivers. Who you got? Uh. So I, I will be honest, I did not have any honorable mentions this week. Uh, I would have had uh, Marvin Jones for the Thursday night game uh, if we had did it early enough. 
that wouldn't be looking so hot right now. Yeah. Uh, and I would have had Curtis Samuel also as an honorable mention. I bumped him up into my top 20 when I took Chase out of my top 20. Oh, man. So here, this is going to be an interesting week for Tennessee. Uh, Julio did not practice. A.J. Brown did not practice. We had, yeah. we had Justin Pickup, who is a Titans fan. Nick Westbrook. Is it Icon? Icon, yeah. All right. He started out as the number four receiver. He could very well be the number one receiver, but this is still a run first offense. Uh, do you feel like he can duplicate his four for 53 and a touchdown um, with those two out? Yeah. Well, with, with I think so. Too much for him. No, I think so. I think he can duplicate it. You know, I don't think anyone's going to come in and say, oh, we got to take him out of the game plan because he's our number one receiver. I think your game plan is still come in and try to slow down Derrick Henry. So, you know, any pass catcher not named Julio and A.J. Brown's got a pretty good shot, you know, Mm -hmm. given week because, you know, as a defense, you're coming in with A.J. Brown, Julio, and Henry healthy. You can't focus on Henry. you got to give some attention to those two guys. Uh, and then with them out, all your attention shifts back to Derrick Henry. So you know, I'm not saying those receivers are going to have great days, but right. nobody's trying to take those receivers out. You know, nobody's game planning against that guy. So I think he can very well repeat that. Nice. I really, uh, I really going to play him in a couple of TFS lineups this week. Looks like uh, Marvin Jones finally got a catch. Yeah. Seven yards. Quez Watkins, man. It's exciting to watch him. Um, being from Southern Miss, or maybe should be having this conversation with Reagan. Um, Quez Watkins, could he really become a thing um, if one of their, if Rager or Smith goes down, or you just feel like the role that he he currently fulfills is going to be pretty much where he is all season? I think the role he's at is where he's going to be all season, unless something happens to one of those two guys, or, you know, somebody's really trying to take one of those two guys out of the equation. but that's definitely a right question. I haven't watched him enough since he's been in the league. Haven't watched any Philly games. Uh, he's a great receiver. He's got the ability. Uh, it's just going to be whether he's going to have the opportunity. Oh, man. This is some bad news for uh, DJ Shark. Uh, looks like a broken, fright, fractured ankle. Ouch. Out indefinitely. That's oh. Kristen getting me back. Oh, uh, you know, I traded – well, I got chart from Mike, but then I traded her white right after that, and white got hurt, so I felt bad. That's karma getting me. And uh, so Barbara Jones becomes wide receiver one. Chenault becomes wide receiver two, right? Yeah, absolutely. And now Dan Arnold is their third option, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they saw this coming. Matt Rule was prepared for this. Yeah. Um. I know we're talking receivers now, but I do. I, I for, we left the team out, and um, I I only want to ask about this backfield because I own one of the running backs, the Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, um, timeshare or whatever they have in the, their back. So the situation ship. Um, do you like Singletary or Zach Moss more? Because I I like Zach Moss. Um, from a downhill runner standpoint, and right. I feel like that's what the Bills really want to be. But they run a lot of zone 
blocking schemes, and that is great for Devin Singletary because he can he can break one. Right. Which running uh, back do you like? I like Singletary for that reason you just said. Okay. Uh, and he's a great pass catcher, which Moss caught some passes this past week. But, you know, it's so – like, I'm so confused on that backfield because, you know, Moss went from being inactive to 28% target share. Couple touches, yeah. To a 56% target share to where Singletary went from 75, 66 to 43. So his has been going down. But he's averaging six yards per carry. He was running so good. I remember Singletary being slow, but you must be doing something right when you're when you're right around six yards per carry. Yeah. And um he's getting most of the targets out of the backfield. And but me seeing his target, his snapshare go down is optimism as exact boss uh yeah, I think that's going to be a hot hand approach as well, but they're both going to have value as a flex option. I don't think you could trust either one of them as an RB2 or even like an RB3 if you had that option in your league, but I think they could be a flex option. Speaking of value, uh, we saw once again McKissick's um, usage go up and down, but the snaps were the same this past week, and Antonio Gibson still led that backfield. You do you believe this is the CMC version of Antonio Gibson we're about to get? Yeah, did you not see that 73-yard reception? Oh, my God. It was now, one reception. He, he's got the ability. He does. I don't think Rivera says that if he doesn't have the ability. But it's so confusing on how they're using him still. I think what your concern was was the red zone touches, correct? Correct. Man, I, Gibson is, is, the, is the guy. Don't worry about McKissick at all. Uh, and, man, I don't like it being one catch for for 73 yards, but I do appreciate the 73 yards because <laughs> <laughs> that was a huge swing. Um, so you get six for the TD. You get seven for the catch. And then oh, well, you get one for the catch and seven for the yards. So, yeah. man, that was a, a turning point um, in last week's matchup. Versus uh with Matt with uh with Mike and our uh dynasty. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you want to touch on for this week? Man, I don't. You are steamrolling me in our QB draft. Uh, twenty-seven and eighteen. I am nineteen and twenty-six. I was so, actually uh, going to uh get on talk about myself about it because I didn't want to rub it in. No, man, <laughs> you're destroying me. You know there. Gosh, uh, Lawrence zero and three. I expected. Right. Big Ben one and two. I did not expect. Brady two and one. Herbert two and one. Stafford three and oh. Dak two and one. I expected all those. I really did. Uh the thing that's catching me by surprise is Wentz zero oh and three. I did not expect that. I thought that defense was really going to be able to keep him in some games. Um and as long as Wentz played smart turnover free football, they'd win a couple. They have not. Uh I thought Atlanta would be two and one going into week four. They are not. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, Russell Wilson one and two wouldn't have expected that. Zach Wilson zero oh and three, I expected that. Uh, so you know, I, most of my guys are performing where I expected them, except for Big Ben, Ryan, and Russell Wilson. And then on your end, Dude. you know, oh I did not. You know, <laughs> Derek Carr really three and zero. Oh? Derek what? Carr, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater three and zero. Oh? What? You know, Sam Darnold three and zero. Oh? I did my not expect that. Two. You know, so it's kind of catching me off guard, man. Hopefully Lawrence can give me a win here tonight. 
Dude, it, it looks good right now. He's up 7-0, and uh, he's getting the ball to Marvin Jones. Yeah. But this week, um, I do believe Brady takes it against Matt Jones. So I, I know for sure I'm losing that one. Um, Teddy this week. You're going to get a win-loss there with Teddy. Yeah. Because he, he either wins and Jackson loses or Jackson wins and Teddy gets his first loss. Yeah. Our head-to-heads are looking rough. You know, Lawrence and Burrow, I'd have given Burrow this one. Dak and Darnold, it could go either way. I think Dak could win it, but that defense is really good. And if Darnold plays smart, they could win it. God, just protect the ball, Sam. Stafford, Kyler, one of them's getting their first loss. You know, that's going to be a shootout. That one's a toss-up. Big Ben, Rodgers, I'm giving Rodgers this one. Brady Jones, I'm going Brady, Herbert Carr, toss up, you know, yeah. golf fields, really a toss up, you know, like if field starts. And now, and then if field starts, I enjoy that a lot more. Yeah. Uh, because that's one quarterback loss more that you get. But I just, I don't think field starts this week. I think Foles is going to be the starter. I do too. I think they're going to start Foles. Which good falls will beat golf and you'll get a loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it means Allen Robinson has a pretty good week. Yeah. Man, but yeah, that is a is this is a really this quarterback draft is super fun. It uh, was. I just hate I'm getting beat. Well, I enjoy the fact you're getting beat and I like how it's <laughs> unfolding. Um with a lot of our guys. Oh man. Twenty one yards, Tyler Boyd. God gosh. Dude, he is wide receiver one there, man. I got to go watch this game and, and will my quarterback <laughs> into a win and my wide receiver into some catches. Oh, man. I can't believe I gave a Tyler Boyd. <laughs> All right, Kagan, man. I appreciate you being on tonight, man. Yes, sir. You have a good one, Tay. All right. Enjoy the rest of the game. Peace.